0: In uh, the piece that I wrote for our newsletter this past week, um, I wrote some about one of my favorite sermons and the preacher who in the sermon talks about the difference between um, being healed in a physical sense um, in your body and being made well. And uh, in this sermon, the preacher talks about Um, Two different stories, one of a young boy with terminal cancer um, and the transformation that his family and his school community underwent in his last months and days Um, and how much, though it was tragedy, it looked like the kingdom of God, the closeness that the family and the community um, engaged in and was able to experience because of this sickness. And then on the other hand, the story of a young man who in a moment of desperation um, ingested an entire bottle of Tylenol and then accidentally woke up the next morning. And he was physically healed. His body withstood that trauma, but he was very angry. He was not made well, even though his body, um, thanks to the emergency technicians, was able to be healed and, in the context, perhaps, of of this story of leprosy, be cleansed, but he was not made well, despite his bodily healing. So I want to keep um, that—I use my hands more than Father Jordan, so this might become a (laughs) problem— So I want to keep that um, tension and difference in our minds and in our hearts as we look at the story of Naaman this morning. Um, Both of those are sorts of healing that God provides. He doesn't always provide a physical healing, but as um, in the story of the young boy with cancer, he does intend and hope and desire greatly always for us to be made well. So Naaman is one of my very, very favorite stories in the Old Testament. And um, there are a few differences in the translation that I'm using, which is the um, English standard version. There's one part especially that I love in it. So Naaman um, was a commander, a great man uh, in the army of Aram or Syria is another similar word for that place. Um, In high favor with his master, 2 Kings says, and in the version that I have, it says he was a mighty man of valor, which sounds a lot better than um, a great warrior, a mighty man of valor. But he was a leper. Now, this is really an oxymoron because anyone with leprosy was ostracized, taken out of society, not in a place of power and trust and commanding people um, and also not uh, even living in the midst of a community, in the midst of a leprous community perhaps, but separated from the rest of society. Right. So this would have been a great secret that Naaman had leprosy, was suffering from this sort of skin disease. Um, And then the slave girl, the servant, a young girl, gives an instruction to an old, powerful man. And not only does he listen to it without having her whipped, but he takes her advice. The few verses that we have in between here that are not in our lectionary this morning, verses 4 through 6, we suddenly come at a point, you know, in the, fifth, the fourth or fifth line of your um, bulletin this morning that the king of Israel has a letter. And where did that letter come from? So the king of Syria, it is explained in verses 4 through 6, sends a letter with Naaman to say, Oh, I've heard that you can heal him. So here he is. Please heal him. And the king of Israel has no idea what to do about this because, of course, the king of Israel can't heal anyone. But his prophet, as the servant girl has said, is not worried about facing this mighty man of valor. His Elisha's understanding of authority and of power comes not from the societal commander of an army or from the king of Syria. But from the Lord Himself, and so when he comes to when Naaman comes to Elisha the prophet, as we look down in the verses, we see that um, Naaman has this expectation that the prophet will come out to him in his great chariot with his great men and will wave his hand over the place and call down the power of the Lord and heal the leprosy. He has a great expectation of what this bodily healing will look like, right? And he has this expectation of, as the commander, as a mighty man of valor, what it will look like for me to be healed. It will be impressive. I have authority. And what does the prophet Elisha do? He turns this exactly on its head. Not only does he not come out and grovel at the feet of this great commander who has oppressed the people of Israel, indeed is in military hierarchy, much higher than this prophet. But the prophet finds his own authority in the Lord God alone. So he sends out his own messenger out to Naaman, sitting in his chariot, And says, wash seven times in the Jordan and be cleansed. So Naaman has two problems with this uh, mission that he's given. For one thing, we can note from the uh, selection in our reading that the servants come to him and they say, If the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? It wasn't something that would show his great strength and power that would cleanse him. It's not something that would demand his financial resources that he has at his disposal. It's not something that would test his, his military acumen that would cleanse him. It wasn't something that would use all of the great, vast, societal strength and resources that Naaman had at his disposal to heal himself. Right, In the section that we don't have in our reading this morning, the, um, Naaman comes to the king of Israel bearing 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. He's got the, the resources to back up his request. He's not just coming with an empty pocket or empty hands. He's coming with great authority and great strength. To make a bargain for this healing that he needs, this one thing that he can't provide for himself, he can pay for. He can show that he's worthy to receive it. The servants, again, come to their master and tell him something, which, again, is a great risk to their own lives and a very strange thing that the commander would accept the words of his servants. So his command, the servants come near him and say, if he'd asked you to do a difficult thing, wouldn't you do it? So since it's something so easy as being washed in the Jordan River, you know, why not try it? It can't hurt. And secondly what Naaman is struggling with is that the Jordan River, of course, is a small river. It's not very impressive. I looked up pictures of the Jordan River. I've never been to the Holy Land, but I looked up pictures of the Jordan River on the internets this week. Many of them are really muddy. Um, It's a really muddy, dirty kind of little stream. Um, And Naaman holds this true as well. He says, aren't Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, far more mighty and far more wonderful than this little river Jordan? Why would I want to be washed in this weak little stream? I have mighty resources at my back. Damascus, my land, has has great and mighty rivers. I can depend on where I have come from. I can depend on the system that I was born into. I can fall back on this kind of salvation to heal me from leprosy, from this healing that I can't provide myself. Surely I can continue to hang on to these habits, this lifestyle, the strength uh, that I bring with me to find myself cleansed. And then we find, of course, for the second time that Naaman comes up against that desire to provide his own resources for healing, to hold on to the power that he has had. And he listens, humbly praise the Lord, to his servants who urge him to try out that weak stream, to just submit himself to this strange and easy thing that the prophet has asked him to do. See what happens. And indeed, he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And then the NRSV says, like a little boy. Both of them, I think, avoid a really great way of translating this that would be as smooth as a baby's bottom. (laughs) Really, a translation ought to say it that way. And he was made clean. So then, here, here it is, my friends, he returned, so then he, Naaman, returned to the man of God, Elisha, he and all his company, and Naaman came and stood before Elisha, and he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So Naaman has begun to be made well. Not only has he been healed from the leprosy that he suffered, but through this miracle, he has started to be opened up and made well, made into the new man that God imagines and dreams and hopes for and formed him to be. He has done it by listening by humbly taking the advice of those around him. He's done it by letting go of the mighty rivers at his back, by surrendering the great command and authority and power at his disposal, realizing that what is required is not some complicated, impressive act, but simply coming and standing before God, admitting out loud, I know there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. And so perhaps in our gospel lesson this morning, the miracle is not quite so much that 10 lepers are cleansed, though that is indeed a miracle, our bodily healing for which we pray in which I imagine many of us have stories of miraculous healings. But the fact that one has come back, has recognized his cleansing, recognized the power of God in his life, and has come back to be made well, has come back to the foot of Jesus, falling on his face and giving Jesus thanks. So here is the hope for us, brothers and sisters. If there is a place in our lives that does not feel well, is not well, is pulling apart at the seams, or feeling sick, or not succeeding with respect to the standards of the world, Take heart. Chances are that exactly in that place of leprosy, of a secret hidden wound, of a feeling of coming apart, even if it is hidden like Naaman's leprosy, that that is exactly where God begins to break in and to bring hope and to make you well. Therefore, let us come to Jesus' feet kneeling, giving thanks for the healing that he promises with our prayer that through his forgiveness we may find new life and that we may be made well.